Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. And who knows what shepherds do? They take care of sheep, right? But you know how many know that cattlemen take care of cows, huh? But you know, we're talking about shepherds today. They take care of sheep. And, uh, you know, I already said, I mean, you know, Jesus is declared the Lamb of God. He's also the Lion of Judah. He's also a shepherd. So in the Bible, there are types and shadows of Jesus all through the Old Testament. And then there are metaphors, which Jesus is a shepherd, that's what I'm talking about, and similes. Like Jesus said, the kingdom of God is likened unto a seed planted into a ground. Or the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man who went to a far. Those are, 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 the kingdom of heaven is similar to this. And Jesus taught with parables. One of my, the, the types and shadows that I talk about, that Joseph is a type of Jesus. Moses is a type of Jesus. He delivered the people out of Egypt, which is the world. God wants to deliver us out of the world. One of my favorite uh, types and shadows is when Moses stood before Pharaoh and his staff. He threw it on the ground. It was a wooden staff, and it became a snake. Well, that didn't impress Pharaoh because he had magicians who were, who were wizards, and they had hypnotized snakes. But Moses' staff was wood, and it became a snake, and they came and threw their hypnotized snakes down, and they said, oh, and Pharaoh said, ha, oh, we can do that, but then Moses' snake swallowed theirs up, and when he grabbed it by the tail, it became wooden again, and he tapped it on the ground, I'm sure, but that's Jesus. The Bible said, he who knew no sin became sin that he might destroy sin. That wooden staff became like a snake and swallowed up the snake's and became back as the Savior again. Come on, that's Jesus. That's a type and shadow. So as we look at these things today, Jesus is a, the Lamb of God. He's a shepherd of God. Psalms 103 says, Know that the Lord, He is God, and He who has made us, not we ourselves, but we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. We're sheep, okay? And, you know, sheep are dumb, so I'm not, trying to cut, so I'm not saying you're dumb, but what He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. Trying to see if y'all paying attention. Three people are. John 1.29 says, The next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the Lamb of God. Hebrews 13.20 says, Now may the God of peace who brought, us, uh, brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So he's the great shepherd. Revelation 7, 17. How I many you know, I just already said he's the lamb, but look at what this says. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them. Will shepherd them and lead them to the living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So he's the lamb of God, but he's our shepherd too. Amen? So as I was putting this together, uh, Psalms 20, the 23rd Psalm came to mind. And so I've got to, we got to look at that. Can anybody quote it? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Huh? You heard of that one? Let's, can you put it up on the screen for me? We'll just read it real quick. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It means he's going to take care of me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Listen, if you're not on the path of righteousness today, the Lord's not leading you. 
But you can change directions. Isn't that awesome? That's why you got a steering wheel on your car. And so for, uh, he leaves me for his name's sake. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And you know what? This went off in me this morning. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what? The shepherd carried a rod and he carried a staff. The rod is not to beat the sheep. I'm just letting that sit there a minute. Quit being beat up by people and be letting the devil beat you up. The rod is the word of God and it's to beat the devil up. Not you. Too many preachers are beating people up. If, if, if God's not doing a work in you for you to want to be holy and you to want to change, nothing I can do about it. I'm presenting the truth. The rod is for the devil. The staff is for you. That staff has a hook on it, so when you fall, he can hook you and pick you up and put you on the solid ground. Amen? That's why it's comforting. He's going to help you, and you got to go, bye. No, because what we do, we never ask for help. Call on to the Lord. Call, ask. Ask, bye. He's looking for you. Going to get the staff and pick you up. It's called prayer. It's called talking to God. It's called asking, help me, Lord. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little weak. I'm feeling a little down. Get that staff. He's going to pull you up. Take you out of the muck and the mire. Amen. It's comforting. Smile at somebody and say, man, that's comforting. Let's finish this up. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I don't want to sit with them people. Nope. Matter of fact, he'll prepare a table for you right in front of the devil. Mm-hmm. He anoints my head with oil. Do you know that they put oil on sheep's head to keep the flies off and all that kind of thing? God does it to you. Because, see, your mind needs to be washed with the anointing, with the word. Got to change our thinking. You prepare a table for me. My cup runs over. Quit saying I don't have enough. Surely goodness and mercy. Everybody say it with me. Surely goodness and mercy. One more time. Together, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that good? Yes. So number one, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I know I jumped through that, but I, I want to get I some good stuff coming. But that's good stuff right there, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. Number two. Jesus is the good shepherd. John 10. My kids all had favorite Bible verses. This was my middle daughter's favorite verse, John 10, 10. And we're going to read John 10, 1. And, and so let's read it. It said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up in another way, the same as a thief and a robber. And he's talking about the devil. He comes in to steal, kill, and destroy is where we're getting to. But Jesus said, I was born into this earth. This is what he's saying. I came as a man legally. God does everything legally. And Jesus was born as a man to die for men. He is the way. This is what this is talking about. 
He came as a man, flesh and blood man. The devil didn't. The devil's here illegally. And so he's looking for flesh and body to get a hold of. You don't read in the paper where, you know, the devil went to the 7-Eleven and shot somebody. That's the devil using somebody illegally. Illegally. Jesus came as a man. He had to come as a man. And he goes, I came legally. Do you know why Abraham had to offer Isaac? Because it legally gave God the right to send his son to die for us. Because the devil said, they ain't worthy. They ain't going to do that. And God found Abraham who would. And he didn't have to sacrifice the son. The angel stopped him, but he's just as much as good as did it. That's not, but he, he, he was going, and the angel said, whoa, look, look, look. That legally gave God the right to send Jesus in this, just like this, Christmas. Isn't that good? No, so let's, let's, say, let's keep verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, that's a whole study by itself. But every shepherd, he talks to his sheep all the time. I mean, even a good, uh, uh, if you got a horse, you better be talking to it all the time. Yeah, if you, if you got a team of horses pulling a wagon, come on, get them up now, get them up now, come on, let's go, let's go. You know, I could call my grandpa's cows and they wouldn't come. But you get him out there and doing what that old crazy call that he had, those cows was coming. You know, he would give them some kind of, you know, Hip, come on in here, hip, you know, call them. I've heard beagle, people call their beagles. Man, it's the craziest and funniest things you ever have heard. Hip, get them up in here, hey, hell, 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 come on here. And all these seven, eight beagles come running up, you know, because they're out looking for a rabbit. Well, people do the same thing with sheep. And so they call their sheep, and there may be 100 sheep in the pen, but only the 20 come to that shepherd. Isn't that cool? And so as we read, keep that in mind. God's calling you. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Remember last Sunday in Romans 8, 14 and 16, I said that it's, it's, it's our privilege to know the voice of God. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. You are a son or a daughter of God, and you're led by, you have a right to know his voice. Verse 5, yet he goes before them, I'm sorry, yet they follow, uh, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things that he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say unto you, I'm the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and rob robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the door. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not a shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. Say, he is the good shepherd. And I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even as I know the Father, 
I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So I read Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption where you cry, Abba, Father. Hey, hey, he's our father. Jesus is our brother. He's our, he's our captain. He's our king. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. If, you, if the Spirit of God's not bearing witness that you're a child of God, if you're not sure today, make that assurance. Be sure. If children, then heirs. I don't have an inheritance. You do in God. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Now, let's just take a commercial break. I want to talk about hearing the voice of God just for a second in the midst of this. Jesus said, you can hear my voice, the voice of the good shepherd. Bah. Okay, we're sheep. He's calling. He's talking. The challenge is this. You ready? The challenge of our faith is not our inability to hear the voice of God. You might want to write that down if you're writing. The challenge of our faith is not the inability to hear the voice of God. Some are still writing. So what's the challenge? You can hear the voice of God. Matter of fact, God can give you a feeling. God, there are many ways we're not going to talk about. I'm just telling you, you need to be listening. Matter of fact, if you got stomachache this morning, God wants to heal you. Okay? If that's you, just say, I got it. That's mine. Get your catcher's mitt on and just receive it in the name of Jesus. So listen, the challenge of our faith is our willingness to hear other voices. There are so many opinions, ideas, ideologies, voices that are all competing with our, our attention and ultimately our affection. You say you love God, then His Word's got to be first. But television pulls you out of the Word. The phone will pull you away from the Word. Your affection is on God, then, then you've got to love His Word. Because that is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And verse 16, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God. And we have it written for us in a, called a B-I-B-L-E. You can hear the voice of God. But how many opinions are out there? Well, you know, Jesus did miracles, but he don't do miracles today. Ah, wrong opinion. Well, you know, God can save anybody, but I don't know about him or her. That's an opinion. The blood of Jesus is enough for, for Adolf Hitler if he would have received it. I have seen people that God saved and delivered that, that just miracles. It's a miracle. They were delivered from alcohol. They, they quit cussing, just God cleaned them up. Now I've seen people had to work on it. 
But, but, but to, that's an inward. Listen, your affections be set on, set on unseen things. We're talking about the kingdom of God. God wants you to set your heart on him. Jesus is the doorway to the kingdom of God. See, that doorway is small. The doorway is Jesus. But if you pass through that door, it's a great big world out there. So is the kingdom of heaven. It's wide open for you. What happens? We just go get in a corner and stand. I don't know if that's for me over there. I don't know if I can have that over there. How about, how about, the, way, how about the way you was raised? It's contrary to the Word of God. I'm just trying to help you because, because you, you got to get out. Get out of your own way and believe God. Read it in His Word and find out what God has done and say, I want that. And pursue it. It's a journey. It's a journey. We, well, this is the way we want to do it, though. Well, Lord, I'm waiting on you to just pass by here. Hope you do something for me. When everything else in life you have to pursue. Pursue the kingdom. Pursue the things of God. Pursue salvation. Pursue healing. Pursue Every need met. He's the good shepherd. He's good all the time. Matter of fact, the Bible says in one place he healed everybody that came to him. The ones that didn't come to him, he didn't heal. Another place says he couldn't do no mighty work because of their unbelief. They wouldn't receive the good shepherd. I want everything he has. Can you say that? I want everything the good shepherd has for me. That's the beginning. Just because you say it don't mean it's going to happen. You got to open up your heart, open up your mind. Get ready, get ready. We had a baby shower up here yesterday and they had food laid out. I sat there and nobody served me. There were empty plates at the end I finally got up and went and got one and started putting on the plate what I wanted. There was some stuff I didn't want. There was a lot of stuff I did. But you know, people do, you know what? People do that and pick and choose the Bible, but I'm saying you got a plate. You need to fill it up. You need to go after the things of God. You need to declare, I hear the voice of God and the voice of a stranger. I'm going to quit following that stranger. Get out of here, stranger. Amen? Commercial break's over. We're going we, we, to do some fun stuff today, but uh, let, me give, let me give my microphone back to my, to my reader. We're going to read, finish reading the Christmas story. And Luke chapter 2, we've already went to where uh, uh, Elizabeth had, had her baby boy, John, she, you know, and, and, and then Mary went and visited her, and so now uh, we're going to find out that they had to go uh, to Bethlehem, and uh, we're going to pick up the story there, but we're also going to break it down and, and look at some things of what was going on. So, so number three is uh, uh, Levitical shepherds visited at the birth of Jesus, okay? You can say, what in the world is that? Well, they're specialized. So let's go to Luke chapter 2. We'll start reading in verse 1, and we'll read through 12. 
1 through 12. Go ahead. And it came to pass in those days that the decree was, went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Okay, let's just wait right there. So let's talk about the Levites were the priests in the day. In the temple. And, you know, so, so you had to go to the temple once a year. You had to go to the temple. If you messed up, you, to get forgiveness, you had to go sacrifice something. You had to kill something innocent for your sins. Anybody, anybody, has anybody has not heard that? Now, is anybody like me? Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. Because that's nasty. But you know what? So is sin. Sin is nasty. That's why it's nasty. Because sin is nasty. And so you need to put your sin under the blood of Jesus today, okay? But, but see, they had to take a lamb and they had to sacrifice it and then sprinkle the blood on them and then they would burn it on the altar for God as a sweet-smelling sacrifice for your sins, okay? But you had to walk away with blood on your face. Now, I've skinned enough animals, you know, and all that. And people say, why you want to do that? Just go to Walmart and get your food. Get your hamburger meat. Well, somebody had to, you know, do the hamburger meat, if you think about it. That's nasty business. But, but if you read the Old Testament, Abraham walked through the blood covenant. He walked through the guts, barefooted. That's nasty, but, that's, but you don't forget it. So, so every year they sacrificed. The Levites had to, you had to sacrifice lambs. And so many people believe that these shepherds, were the Levitical shepherds who raised the sacrificial lambs because you couldn't just bring any lamb in there. It had to be a perfect lamb. It had to be a lamb without spot, without blemish. Have heard that? Yeah. And so guess what? Jesus, our, 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 our lamb, was without spot. That's why he was perfect. That's why he was without sin. The Bible says he was without sin, so he was perfect. So let me read you just a little bit and tie all this together, okay? So listen to this. When the mother, you, or the mother sheep, was preparing to give birth, she was taken to a special birthing place, or maybe a cave that was designated, to give birth to the sacrificial lambs. 
This cave was kept sterile and clean for the arrival of newborn sacrificial lambs. The newborn lamb was immediately wrapped and clean and wrapped in swaddling clothes or cloths to protect and keep them from blemish and danger. Swaddling cloths described in the Bible consist of cloths tied together like a bandage, like, like strips. And when, they, when the declaration was made by the angels that the Levitical shepherds that washed over the sheep in a special field full of sacrificial lambs, they apparently knew exactly where to discover the baby. Because the Bible says, and we'll read it in just a minute, that they left immediately. And didn't they say they had to search? They went straight to him. They didn't go from, from barn to barn to barn. They knew where the swaddling clothes were kept, cloths. Isn't that cool? Apparently, there were, there were uh, many places that held mangers, but they comprehended immediately where to go and find the babe, to their cave where the sacrificial lambs were born and wrapped in swaddling clothes. Throughout the years, we've heard and seen and listened to the biblical account of the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. They could find no place to stay, and Mary went into labor. They found a person who gave permission for them to stay where the animals were sometimes housed. We understand that this is actually a cave and was not a barn-type dwelling. And as the baby Jesus was born, it is reported that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger or a feeding trough for the animals. And, this extraordinary, and, and these extraordinary shepherds came immediately to the place where the sacrificial lambs were born to worship our sacrificial lamb. Isn't that good? So we're going to finish reading Luke 2, 13 through 20. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So they knew exactly where to go. They knew where the Lamb of God was born, and they knew, you know, that Jesus was lifted up on the cross. I just want to just take a sidebar just for a second because I, I want to deal with some things right now. Some of you think you don't deserve certain things from God that the good shepherd has provided. Do you know Jesus was crucified, the Lamb of God, on a cross? Do you know that there were two men beside him that deserved to be there? Do you know that one said, remember me? And Jesus said, today you will be with me. He didn't deserve it. It's not about deserving. It's about receiving. 
It's about receiving what the Lamb of God did at Calvary. The Lamb of God sacrificed himself for us. It's not about what we deserve. It's receiving the love, the grace, the mercy of God. It doesn't matter if you've done something that you deserve. Man, we deserve a lot of stuff that we have not walked in, thank God. We don't deserve, but we get to receive. Amen? So let's set our hearts to receive today. There's some things that that God wants to do in your heart. God's not after you to beat you up. You know, I've, I've heard that. You know, God's after you. Where can you hide if God Almighty was after you? If, if, if he was going to get you, don't you think you'd already been got? Peace. God's not after you. He's after you to bring you into the family. He's after you this Jesus is, he sent Jesus to be the doorway for you to enter into the family of God, to have the things of God. I hope we're seeing this today, that that God sent Jesus to be the way. He's the way maker. He has made a way for you. Forget all you've done. Forget your past. Your future's in God. Guess what? You can start over every day break with God. Matter of fact, you can build up like, oh, today I'm going to take a step up in God. And tomorrow, I'm going to take a step up in God. It may look like it's just the same old thing that you've gone through, but if you have said in your heart, you're going to take a step up with God, guess what? God starts moving things. God wants to move things on your behalf. See, salvation is supernatural. We said this last Sunday. If, if your salvation, you don't think it's supernatural, you need to make it supernatural. God wants to put his super on your natural. Is anything super about you? Well, not me. We, uh, uh, come on, you've got to change your thinking. God lives on, the greater one lives on the inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That, you ought to say that every day. The greater one lives in me. Yes. Greater is he that's in me. Yes. You ought to say, I hear the voice of God. Yes. I hear the voice of God. The voice of a stranger I will not follow. Yes. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Yes. God's going to lead me today. God's going to lead me tomorrow. You need to get up saying, thank God. God leads me today. You need to look in the mirror trying to comb what hair you got left. Oh, that's me. Yes. You ought to comb your hair, but you ought to tell yourself, Christian, Awake. Wake up, Christian. Hey, child of God. You're serving God today. Hey, child of God. You're going to be led by God today. The Bible says that when we read what we have, what I'm telling you, and when you walk away from it, don't forget what manner of man or woman that you are called to be. The Bible says that you read the Word and you find out what you're supposed to be, be, you can walk away from the mirror and forget Many have forgotten who and what they are in Christ. Many have never known. The Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Why, aren't, why, why isn't everybody saved? Why, why, why are not all people saved? Because they don't know. And a lot of people have been beat up by church. But that's not us, is it? And so we want to serve the Lord 
our God, and we want to receive the good things that God has for us. Amen? Amen. I want you to look at me just for a second. I just really feel pulled that, that, that you need to rededicate your life to God today. And, and you need to make sure that you're a child of God. And if you're not, let's just, I want to give you that opportunity. So I want you to close your eyes. Why, why? I don't care if you look around, but I just want you to look at your heart for a moment. Is Jesus Lord? Is He King? Is He Savior of every area in your heart? I know, I, I'm, but I feel like the Lord's pulling. Do you need to rededicate your life to God today? Do you need to recommit? If that's you, just slip your hand up. God's looking. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. There's several hands up. Okay, you can put your hand down. You know, that's what the staff's for is to pull you back up. He, he's just want to put a hook on you and pull you back up and set your feet on the solid ground. We all need to do that from time to time. We all need to call upon the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 is in the Word for a reason. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us. You've already been forgiven. You just need to receive that and walk in it. Now, now, maybe you weren't in here earlier, but I also feel a, a, a pull. If, if you've got sickness in your body, God wants to heal you. So, so let me pray over you. Matter of fact, let's pray it all over ourselves. Say this with me. Say, Father, I believe in your son Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins, for my sickness, for my well-being, for my peace, for my joy, for my strength, spiritually and physically, to renew my mind with your word. So, Father... Thank you for pulling me up, for making me strong as I recommit today, as I ask for healing today. Thank you, Father, that I hear your voice fresh and new, that I'm led by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content Find out more about our upcoming events and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.